Hi everybody, welcome back to episode two of my story uh, here on Cancer to Marathon. I'm trying to keep these episodes pretty short so that uh, you have the opportunity to re-watch them, go back and pause, um, and really absorb the information. Um, so today, I'd like to take things from my background and diagnosis, which is what we talked about in the first episode of my story, um, and now we're going to, going to talk a little bit more about the disease itself and uh, the treatment that I received for the disease. Um, so as mentioned at the end of the first episode, um, I was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia um, on my wife and I's anniversary, August 6th of uh, 2013. And uh, at that point in time, uh, my hematologist wanted me to go into treatment right away uh, because my platelets were already very, very low. Uh, and the number of immature white blood cells uh, were extremely high. And that's actually the reason that my platelets were low. So one thing to understand about acute myeloid leukemia is that it is caused by your DNA, some mutations that occurred in your DNA, uh, producing these white blood cells that are what they call immature white blood cells or blasts. Blasts are the, it's the term you hear more often than not. Um, and what happens is these things multiply very, very quickly and they basically snuff out your platelets and your red blood cells, which are the other two types of cells that you would normally have um, in your bloodstream. Um, so you no longer have uh, enough platelets to keep your blood from clotting. That's what was happening and causing those petechiae, those little tiny uh, bruises or, or uh, purple dots that I was getting under the skin uh, that I thought initially might have just been you know, a dermatology issue. Um, I didn't have enough platelets to stop that internal bleeding. And then the other thing that was happening and it caused my very high heart rate, uh, which was the big concern while I was in the ICU, um, was that I didn't have enough red blood cells. So I didn't have enough hemoglobin to transport oxygen to the different organs in my body. And so we were worried about organ failure, obviously. And so, uh, and that along with my extremely high heart rate, obviously uh, cardiac issues, things like that. So there were a lot of things that were on the table at that point in time that we needed to correct. And so we needed to go ahead and we needed to get started with the chemotherapy very quickly. Now, uh, what they do with acute myeloid leukemia for a patient that was my age, which I was 31 when I first went into uh, into treatment. I uh, just turned 31 actually, a couple weeks after my 31st birthday. Um, they're able to hit you pretty hard with chemotherapy. Um, since it is a blood cancer, there's not a physical mass that they're trying to attack, um, you know, like, like they might in, let's say, uh, you know, pancreatic cancer or breast cancer or something like that. Um, so it's really a chemotherapy-based uh, treatment. And so there are a couple different stages of your chemotherapy. The first one is called your induction round of chemotherapy. And basically the goal of the induction round is to get you into what they call a clinical remission, meaning that you get the majority of your uh, immature white blood cells um, are removed from your system. And so they basically want to just get you in a stable state. Uh, at that point in time. We're not worried about going back and correcting the molecular problem really quite yet. Um, it is more about um, just getting you in a stable state. And so uh, what my doctor ordered for me, because I was relatively young, um, I could handle a pretty heavy dose of chemotherapy, uh, she ordered what was called the 7-3 plan. 
And what it was is it was seven days of a drug called cytarabine, which was kind of the, the core drug throughout my chemotherapy, and three days of a drug called idarubicin. And idarubicin is, is uh, pretty, pretty hard on you. It, it's what causes you to lose your hair, and uh, it really makes you not feel uh, very good, a little stomach issues, things of that nature. Thankfully, not anything too bad in my case, but it has different effects for different people. Um, so I did seven consecutive days of uh, cytarabine and three consecutive days of idarubicin um, through an IV bag. Uh, so it was an intravenous chemotherapy. Um, several days into that, they actually installed a PICC line as well. Uh, for those that aren't familiar with PICC lines, uh, basically it's a catheter line uh, that goes from about halfway down your arm near your bicep uh, up and to uh, right above your heart so that the uh, chemotherapy drugs can be pumped easily within your system. Um, a lot of people will get ports, uh, which are uh, little, um, little ports uh, that they actually mount under your skin uh, in your chest area, and then they access those with a needle every time um, you need to get your chemo. Um, but in my case, we did a pick line. I'm a little afraid of needles, and so I think they kind of gave me that as an option, and that worked out pretty well for me. I actually had one, uh, my entire treatment, um, had to get it changed out once. So I had two separate ones throughout the six months that I was in treatment. So basically, the, um, in the induction round of chemotherapy, um, it lasted, obviously, the 10 days that I was getting chemo. What happens then is that, um, again, your, your blood cell counts, not just your white blood cell counts, but all of your blood cell counts go down during that time. And basically the goal is to remove what you had and let your body replace that with hopefully something better. And that's your white blood cells, your red blood cells, and your platelets. And so they knock you down to, to nothing. As a matter of fact, they call it your nadir, which literally, if you look it up, means nothing. And um, so uh, once you're knocked down to nothing, you get a lot of blood transfusions. Um, you get uh, red blood cell transfusions, and you also get uh, platelet transfusions. And then your white blood cells kind of have to build themselves up uh, from nothing again themselves. And you're hoping again at that point in time that your body is, is starting to correct itself a little bit and making those, um, those good white blood cells. And so uh, that did happen with me. I was very fortunate um, that uh, as my counts came up, and again, I'm getting those transfusions to kind of supplement me during that time uh, while we're waiting for those cell counts to come up. Um, thankfully, my cells did rejuvenate the way that they were supposed to. Um, so at that point in time, um, I was stable enough for them to go in and do a bone marrow biopsy. And so this is really the first time that I had a chance to look at my DNA. Uh, the reason they didn't do that when I originally came in is that through my blood count, it was so uh, kind of advanced um, as far as the way that uh, the, the white blood cells or the blast had developed, they were able to make my initial diagnosis without going ahead and doing uh, that bone marrow biopsy. Had I not been quite that far along, they would have done that at first. Uh, but they went ahead, they did a bone marrow biopsy, which basically entails them sticking a, a needle into your, your bone um, on the, the back part of your, uh, your back, um, so kind of the back part of your pelvic bone. And uh, they take a sample of your bone marrow there um, so that they can look at your DNA. They also take a little sample, a small sample of the bone there as well. 
and they went in, they were able to confirm everything, and, and then they're able to let you know a little bit of your prognosis based on that, based on you know what mutations were going on in your DNA. And originally they came back, and I had kind of a moderate um, prognosis. It was not it was not the best category. It was not the worst category. It was kind of in the middle. Um, basically, I had a mutation in my 16th and 17th genomes that were acting together that were causing these blasts to be produced, these white blood cells to be produced instead of mature white blood cells. And so we knew going forward from there um, that we needed to go ahead and tackle those. Um, and we were able to make a treatment plan. My doctors were able to make a treatment plan in conjunction with the doctors up at MD Anderson Cancer Hospital. Um, and so they were able to kind of put their minds together and, and put together a custom treatment plan just for me. During this time, they also did a spinal tap. They wanted to make sure that uh, none of the mutated cells um, had gotten into uh, my spine, my vertebrae, um, and my spinal fluid, as well as uh, you know potentially having ventured up to my brain. Um, and thankfully, that spinal tap came back negative. So um, you know all the immature cells were were still just in my bloodstream at that point in time. So that was that was really good news. Um, so we'll, we'll stop this episode right there. I think we're already at about nine minutes or so. And I've explained the induction uh, portion of the chemotherapy, kind of what happened a little bit after uh, the induction round, after my body had stabilized and we were able to go in and look at the mutations in the marrow. And then I've let you know that coming up, uh, we're going into a custom chemo plan uh, for the consolidation rounds, which are kind of the follow-up rounds to try to correct the, uh, the mutated DNA uh, that had formed. And so I'll talk to you in depth about that during our next episode. Uh, but hopefully you've been able to take away what that process looks like for AML um, patients, at least for AML patients that are my age. Um, a little bit older AML patients have uh, a slightly different plan. Their bodies can't handle um, you know, quite the intensive therapy that mine was able to. And uh, I will talk a little bit about, uh, about what they would typically do for those folks a little bit later on because it actually ties in uh, to some of the consolidation plans uh, that they made for me. So uh, I hope you guys were able to take away something from this episode, and I look forward to touching base on the consolidation in the next one. Hope you have a wonderful day, and we'll see you soon.